Welcome to the I Work For Him podcast. I'm Michael Miracle, producer of the I Work For Him radio program, the voice of the faith and work movement. Our mission is to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. What does that look like in your workplace? Let's find out right now. This episode of I Work For Him was previously recorded for the Christian Leadership Alliance's Outcomes Conference podcast, where leaders come to invest the best of what they know into other leaders. Remember, if you have influence over just one person, you are a leader. Together, let's listen to this podcast and learn more about leading God's way. Enjoy. Martha and I are super excited to be hosting the Outcomes Conference podcast. Every podcast is dedicated to you, our Outcomes Conference podcast listener. We have an incredible conversation coming up today with the National Commander of the Salvation Army, Commissioner Kenneth G. Hodder with SalvationArmyUSA.org. We'll be focusing on leadership, thriving, and of course, related outcomes. Commissioner Kenneth G. Hodder, welcome to the Outcomes Conference podcast. Thank you so much, Jim and Martha. It's a delight to be with you today. All right, so before we get started talking about leadership and your leadership role and perspective of what God is doing through you as you lead a thriving environment at the Salvation Army in the United States, tell us how you personally keep your faith strong and your leadership Christ-centered each and every day. Well, for me, Jim, I think it would come down to the daily routine. Uh, I have always found that personal discipline is one of the keys to a strong relationship with the Lord. So I'm up early every morning, and I begin my day with coffee and Jesus. Uh, Similar to all the signs that you'll often see in uh, stores, uh, I'm a big believer in both. So I'll get up in the morning and enjoy my coffee, and then I will have a time of devotional reading, and prayer. And in the course of that time, I'll usually focus on a couple of things. First, of course, the passage that I'm reading for that day. Second, I will recall my personal mission statement. Every day, I try to review what I believe the Lord has called me to do and to be. Uh, And in my case, for many years, I've always had the same mission statement. I will serve my God, to whom I owe everything, my family, whom I love limitlessly, and the army to which I am called. Mm. And then I will always ask the Lord to help me to do three things that day, to be wise and to be kind and to be helpful. So following that discipline has uh, always, I believe, been one of the keys to helping me keep close to him and by so doing close to the source of power that I need every day. Mm. Amen. Wow, what a what a great uh, thing for us to hear and get a little bit of an insight into how you start your day. And maybe that will challenge somebody to think about the, so many things, having a mission statement and actually using that in your morning to set to say to pray into it. I'm inspired. I want to write one. I know that's so well, great. From my morning devotions. So obviously, <laughs> those are things that help you to thrive. But why don't you articulate for us what thriving really means to you personally? Well, I I like to think that my concept of thriving uh, is drawn from Scripture itself. If you look into Scripture, you'll find that those individuals who thrive, those who achieve what God has set before them as things to be accomplished, are those who have totally given themselves to that purpose. When you look at Noah, and you look at Abraham, uh, and you look at Joseph, and you look at uh, David, and you look into the New Testament, Paul and Peter, these are individuals who committed themselves completely. So in my mind, thriving is a matter of covenant. 
It's a matter of responding to a call and doing so in a way that holds nothing back. Uh, I've also, I've often recalled the story of Abraham and Isaac. When Abraham takes what is most significant to him, his son for whom he prayed and that he never thought he would ever have, and he takes that son and he places his son on the altar because he believes the Lord is calling upon him to sacrifice his son. At the conclusion of the story, of course, the Lord returns his son to him. And I've always wondered about that hug that must have Mm -hmm. took place between the two of them when Abraham received for the second time the son for whom he had prayed. Well, that joy, that sense of connection, that sense of fulfillment only came because Abraham had totally committed himself to what the Lord wanted him to do. So for me, thriving is a matter of living out a covenant. How long have you been? I, I, you know, I'm sorry. I, I keep thinking about that, that image in my head, Abraham and Isaac. And I'm wondering, for Isaac, that, that hug for Abraham was incredible. For Isaac, he's like, I, my dad might need counseling. I mean, he's holding a knife over my chest. I, I, but, but, you know, the scripture says nothing I know. About, about Isaac even doubting it. You know, uh, Isaac knew he was a part of a greater plan. In a sense, he was even more committed than his father was. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, yeah, to our modern minds, which function along the sense of individual achievement, individual uh, uh, goals, uh, individual flourishing, uh, that seems like a strange image. But I think the biblical image is one in which thriving is not a personally directed phenomenon. It is a God-directed one. Wow. Ken, how long have you been with the Salvation Army? I've been an officer now for 33 years. So you're no rookie, that's for sure. Okay, so that's fantastic. So how does the Salvation Army, USA, because I know you're, you're in charge of the United States Division of the Salvation Army, how does it enable you to help those you serve to thrive, whether that's the, the other officers within the Salvation Army, that you know the employees of the Salvation Army across the country, or the, the people that you're actually serving in stores and in rehab treatment places across the country. How? How does the Salvation Army say, go, help people thrive? What I love about the Army, Jim, is that the Salvation Army is not a single-purpose organization. We're not simply directed toward food or to housing or to rehabilitation, nor are we simply directed to the proclamation of the gospel. It's all of it. For us to be able to say we're going to help in Christ's name, without discrimination, we're going to do so in such a way as to proclaim in word and in deed the gospel that we believe is uh, uh, the Lord's message to the whole world gives us the opportunity to hit every person at every point in their lives, whether it's they're lonely, whether they're in mourning, whether they're in despair, or whether they're hungry or they're homeless. The army has the ability to reach them. That sort of breadth, that sort of encompassing ministry is what I think one of the great strengths of the Army is, and that has commended itself uh, to people over the 156 years of our existence. So that is the way I think the Army is able to help people thrive because everyone's going to need something different, but the Army is called by God to help supply what is needed. 
You know, that's so good because you do meet so many needs in different ways. So let's talk about the fact that, you know, a lot of companies have to try different things to see what's going to work to help build a thriving culture. What are you doing right now that's having the greatest impact in that area? I think communication is key. This podcast is a fine demonstration of what we're doing right now. Every week, Martha, I will do another video for our people uh, so that they're able to stay right up to speed with what's going on. Mm. Uh, We get out and talk as much as we possibly can based upon the regulations that are in place in the various locations around the country. You can never over-communicate. And over the course of the past year, I have therefore committed myself Uh, in terms of maybe 60-70% of my time simply to communicating messages that I think are going to help and encourage and inspire those who are on the front line to do what the Lord's called them them to do. I love that. When we come back, we really want to hit you up on, okay, the last 18 months, everybody's had a challenge. How have they impacted you? Today, we're talking on the Outcomes Conference podcast with the National Commander of the Salvation Army here in the United States of America, Commissioner Kenneth Hodder. Check him out online, SalvationArmyUSA.org. We'll be right back with more on the Outcomes Conference podcast. You know the kind of person that always tells you about the latest trends or the special deals around town? Well, lean in because here's a message from that kind of person. The Awaken Podcast Network is the place to be. Go to AwakenPodcastNetwork.com and unlock God's purpose for your work with help from some friends. You will find a gathering place of podcasts that provide simple tools, faith stories, and conversations that will inspire and equip you to vibrantly live out your faith in your work today. Go ahead, check out awakenpodcastnetwork.com and then be that kind of person and tell a friend. Hey, welcome back to the Outcomes Conference podcast as we talk with Commissioner Kenneth Hodder, from the Salvation Army, salvationarmyusa.org. All right, Ken, the last 18 months for most people has been a little bit challenging. As leaders, uh, we have faced lots of uncertainty and a lot of things, I mean, you know, the word pivot got to be you know, heavily overused. What changes did you have to make in the last 18 months, personally or professionally, that helped you keep focused on your mission as a leader? I don't know that I have pivoted or changed anything over the course of the last year. I think the lessons that I learned prior to that time have become more real to me. Uh, For a number of years, my wife and I had the privilege of serving in Kenya. And I worked for uh, a Kenyan officer there who taught me a very simple principle. The army is growing like topsy in Kenya. It really is expanding dramatically. And I said to him one day, I said, how do you keep track of everything that's going on? And he said, I don't. He said, I cannot tell you where my staff is, but I know that they're there on my behalf. Mm. And I think that lesson and others like it have what have really come to my mind on many occasions over the course of the past year. Uh, It has become very difficult when you're in a lockdown situation, to know precisely where your people are as a leader. What are they doing? But that is not your first priority. Your first priority is to make sure that they are representing you and representing the Lord well. So what can I do from where I am recognizing they're out there doing things 
that I can't imagine. They're being innovative. They're being creative. Mm-hmm. How can I do things that are going to help them to represent the army to the best of their ability? So I think that, together with other lessons, really have crystallized a lot of the things that I saw and had been taught uh, uh, in the years prior to the pandemic. So practically speaking, what was one of the biggest challenges that you have faced as you've, you know, not always been able to be with your people or know what's going on? I think the, one of the biggest challenges for Salvationists in general, Martha, has been uh, sheer exhaustion. Mm. Uh, the Salvation Army is the nation's largest uh, not, uh, social services provider. And as a consequence, the demands upon the Salvation Army have been extraordinary over the course of the past year. We're fortunate that we have dedicated officers. We have outstanding employees. We have a volunteer force of about 3 million. But when you put together all of the uh, food drives, uh, the deliveries of food to seniors, when you put together everything that's had to happen in the past year, uh, exhaustion has been a big issue. More than 8 million people have fallen into poverty over the course of the past year. Just here in the States? Uh, 8 million people just here, just here in the States? Just, just here in the United States. And there are still more than 9 million people out of work. Well, when you consider those things, and when you consider that in a typical year, the Salvation Army will serve about 52 million meals, uh, about a million a week. Well, last year, it was 225 million. Oh uh, it was just massive. So one of the biggest challenges we faced is exhaustion. Mm. Uh, has been the mental and the physical strain that our people have had to deal with. I'm delighted to say they have performed magnificently. Well, and that's but, what and, I was just going to ask you. With all the amazing volunteers and the, and the workers, with their creativity and their energy, what is one breakthrough that maybe you saw this year that you'd really like to celebrate? I have to celebrate the enormous trust and uh, generosity of the American public. Mm. Uh, many of the folks who support the Salvation Army have a full understanding of what we are and what we do. Many do not. Even those that do not trust the Salvation Army enough to support our work. Christmas was a time when this year the number of kettles was down because the number of store locations was significantly reduced. But giving was way up. And as a consequence, when we concluded the year, we were about 27% above where we were in 2019. Come on. Nobody would have ever said that was even possible. That is a miracle of God. It's just just astonishing. It was just a little bit over half a billion dollars. And we could not be more grateful. And we could not feel uh, more delighted by the Lord's provision Mm -hmm. in the midst of all of that. We could not be more conscious of our responsibility to be good stewards of those funds. But that has clearly been a big breakthrough for us over the course of the past year. That's astounding. That's funny. I didn't read that in the news, though. All right. So, <laughs> listen, a, a lot of leaders study things. They listen yes. to other podcasts. They, you know, I'm, I'm sure they're listening to, you know, so I heard a great one, I Work For Him or something like that. It's a good one. But you know, they read great <laughs> books. They listen to great podcasts. They do a lot of studying. And sometimes you run across something like, everybody in my command needs to hear this. What's one of those things that you've shared with everybody underneath you in the last year? 
I read a lot, Jim. I try to read at least two books a month, and one book that I recently read struck me just in the way that you suggest. It's a new book by Robert Putnam and Shailen Romney Garrett. Uh, it's called The Upswing. Now, you will recall Robert Putnam's book, Bowling Alone, which was issued in the late 90s regarding the decline of social capital in this country. Well, Bob and Shailen have mapped out the history of the past 120 years, all the way back to the Gilded Age. And based upon their analysis of economic trends and culture and politics and social structure, that what we are encountering today in society is very similar to what uh, America was living through in the Gilded Age. Hmm. When you say and Gilded that, Age, what years is that? We're talking uh, the 1880s, 1890s. Okay. So at the beginning of the 20th century, the progressive movement started to bring people together. So we were not thinking of ourselves so much as an I society as a we society. And over the course of the next 50 or 60 years, they track out a climb in that sense of cohesion and community relationship. Since that time, they chart that it has come back down again, such that we're roughly where we were about 120 years ago. But then the most powerful part of their book is the one in which they say, this is the moment at which we can come together, that we, the history suggests that we can turn things around. And I believe that this is therefore an enormous opportunity for the gospel, for the army, for men and women, for leaders who believe that they can bring others together to do so. Because if there was a time that America needs it, it's now. And I believe that the gospel we have, which transcends all time and place, is precisely the tool that we can use not only to bring people to him, but to, to witness to the whole world. So I found that book compelling. And I shared it with every member of my staff, as well as every member of my national advisory board, uh, everyone across the country I could possibly think of. In fact, I should send you a copy. Our address is at the bottom of our email signature. We've emailed you a couple of times. So that sounds like a good one. <laughs> I'll do it. All right, Ken, when we come back, I want to ask you this question. You're a third generation a national commander in the Salvation Army. That's amazing. I want to, I want to, want to hear about that legacy and what led you to get there. You're listening to the Outcomes Conference podcast with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg, as we talked with the National Commander of the Salvation Army online, SalvationArmyUSA.org. It's Commissioner Kenneth G. Hodder. We'll be right back. Want to build a profitable side hustle that impacts people with truth and healing in themselves and in their leadership? Then look at becoming a certified leadership coach with Giant. Giant has been in the leadership space for over 13 years and has over 500 coaches in over 127 countries. Their coaches are being hired by Fortune 500 companies and organizations like I Work For Him. Martha and I took the Giant Sherpa training under one of these great coaches to become leaders worth following. Giant gives you everything you need to start your own coaching business from scratch, like hands-on training from top-level coaches, access to an all-in-one online platform to run your entire coaching business, and you get to join a thriving community of coaches around the world. To get started, Giant is hosting a coaching business workshop to help you learn how to build a successful coaching business. This workshop is 100% free, and you can reserve your spot by going to giant.tv forward slash I work for him. If you're ready to impact people and get paid to do it, go to giant.tv 
forward slash I work for him. That's giant.tv forward slash I work for him. Hey, welcome back to the Outcomes Conference podcast. Like I said, we're your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. And today we have the privilege of talking with the national commander of the Salvation Army here in the United States, SalvationArmyUSA.org. We're talking with Commissioner Kenneth G. Hodder. Ken, I am under the understanding that you're a third generation national commander of the Salvation Army. Many kids run away from the legacy. What did I say wrong? Is that correct? Is that correct? Uh, Actually, no, that's not quite correct, Jim. Uh, Actually, I'm a sixth generation Salvationist, uh, a fifth generation officer, uh, and a second generation national commander. Wow. Okay, so like I said, most kids run away from the <laughs> legacy pushed on them from their forefathers, and you're the sixth generation being pushed yep. in this way. Yep. Why did you run towards it instead of away? Uh, a call, uh, a divine call. I never intended to be a Salvation Army officer. Uh, I went to law school and thoroughly enjoyed the private practice of law for a number of years. Uh, I found it intellectually stimulating. And financially remunerative, it was wonderful. But uh, one day came when I simply felt, uh, as I looked at the piles of paper on my desk, that it wasn't enough, that the Lord had something else in mind for me. So I knelt at my desk and I prayed, and he called me back to Salvation Army officership. And I've never regretted it from that day forward. Wow, what a legacy. No kidding. And you know, I am sure that all of that training that you had up until that point, God has used in an amazing way for the benefit of the Salvation Army. So, you know, that's one of the things I think we love hearing from people is that, you know, our training is for purpose, right? And um, God's using you in that way so amazingly. So let's talk about um, in this last little part, the Christian Leadership Alliance is a place where leaders really invest in other leaders, the best of what they know and sharing it with others. What can you right now share with the listeners to invest in them? As a leader, don't try to change people. The Lord will take care of any changes that need to occur in their lives. The job of a leader is simply to fit the pieces together in the best way to achieve the mission of the organization. I have always found it a source of great frustration to try to say to someone, I want you to do this or that, to be something that perhaps they could not be. But if I simply tried to assemble my team in a way that one's strengths would assist another's weaknesses, then I found it was a lot more successful and a lot more harmonious as a team. So that would be my advice to leaders today, to let the Lord do the changing and we simply Pull the pieces together. But have you ever struggled with that? I mean, it's really nice to say, but sometimes people are on the wrong. When you Because when you take over a command, like you weren't national commander last year, there was a different couple. Right. Sometimes there's people on the wrong seat. Sometimes they're on the wrong bus, as our, as our great friends you know, wrote that book. Okay, so what do you do there? How, how well, do you handle that? For the Salvation Army, that's a matter of assembling the pieces. Our, our structure is such that if an individual is not uh, uh, gifted for a particular role, we're able to say, uh, you need to serve over in this area, and we'll make a change. Uh, their covenant is just as important. Their commitment is unchanged. They're simply serving in a different role. 
So for us as Salvation Army, uh, that's simply a part of the process. Mm. So, you know, I think that's, it really goes back to knowing your people too, and really being able to spend time with them and know um, where they're gifted and what they're doing. So thank you for sharing that. I am sure that the leaders that are listening, you know, have an opportunity to look at themselves and their leadership skills and think how they can implement that in their own work. And getting to know our people is just so important and loving on them. And yeah, that's, that's, and trusting them, as you said, that's the biggest thing you said at the beginning of this podcast. It's like, okay, you got all these people, a million volunteers. I'm still getting over that number. And you just got to trust them to know that God's got them right where he needs them to do the job Precisely. they need them to do. Wow. Precisely. He, he wouldn't have made them available to us if he didn't have a plan. Hmm. Wow. Commissioner Kenneth G. Hodder, thank you so much for being on the Outcomes Conference podcast today. Really appreciate it. It's been a delight to be with you. God bless you. You can check out the Salvation Army online. Maybe you want to be one of those million volunteers, salvationarmyusa.org. And thank you for joining us on the Outcomes Conference podcast. As a listener, we just thank you for joining us, and we pray that the podcast will inspire you to higher thinking, deeper, just faith about how you can find a greater kingdom impact and bring thriving to your organization. Be sure to visit christianleadershipalliance.org where you can stay up to date by subscribing to the Outcomes Online newsletter and the Christian Leadership Alliance Higher Thinking blog. And if you're not already a member of the Christian Leadership Alliance, what are you waiting for? Join the Alliance today, christianleadershipalliance.org. Remember, the wisdom in this podcast came to you on its way to someone else. So if you loved it, say so and share it today with a friend. And if you didn't love it, don't say so. No, seriously. I'm Jim. I'm Martha. We'll see you again for the next episode of the Outcomes Conference podcast. Did you know that God has a calling on your life? It's true. He's called you to bring Jesus to the world. For some, that may look like a pulpit or a foreign mission field. But for most of us, it looks like a construction site, a cubicle, a hospital, or a classroom. Wherever it is that you work, live, volunteer, and invest, that is your mission field. To learn more about integrating your faith into your work and retirement, check out our books, I Work For Him, She Works For Him, and I Retire For Him by going to iworkforhim.com slash bookstore. Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him podcast with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Please visit iworkforhim.com to learn more about connecting your faith and work, to join the I Work For Him nation, or subscribe to our weekly blog. You can also follow us on social media at iworkforhim to stay up to date and meet our guests. If today's message spoke to you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review will launch more workplace missionaries across America. That's at iworkforhim and online iworkforhim.com. I work the number number four, him.com.